Hey, it's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Farber. I am your host. This week's episode was done via Zoom with my friend Kirk Smith. So if you're listening, go check it out on my YouTube page, Paul Left Comedy, if you want to see two amazing sets of hair. I'll be at CG's Comedy Club in Bolingbrook, August 26th, 27th, headlining there. Check it out. Um, I'll be back in Florida at Sidesplitters with April Macy, September 1st week. And then House of Comedy in Arizona on Wednesday, September 21st. And JP's Comedy Club, uh, September 22nd, 3rd, and 4th um, in Gilbert, Arizona. Then I'll be in Oklahoma City in Arkansas at the Looney Bins as well later this month. I'll be in Chicago sporadically, checking in at uh, the Laugh Factory and other clubs um, that give me spots. PaulFComedy.com has all of my upcoming dates, or you follow me on Instagram. That's uh, Paul Farvar, Paul F-A-R. Put that in Instagram and I'll pop right up. So check out those dates. Buy the shirt. Better call Paul at the shows. Email me, pfarvar at gmail.com. Subscribe, share, tell your friends. You know the drill. And support our sponsors. Hey, it's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, go watch it on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash Paul F. Comedy if you want to watch it, because uh, there's two handsome fellas with great hair on this episode. Uh, I'm very excited for our guests. We're doing this by Zoom because that's the way of the world sometimes. We couldn't match up, but we were in the same city. Uh, hilarious comedian, good friend of mine. Please welcome Kurt Smith. Hey, Kurt, thanks, guys. I'm here. <laughs> You're I'm in New York right now. Introduced as he has great hair, but uh, I'm in New York. Thank you. <laughs> you have good hair, don't you think? Uh, I think at our age, if you have hair, it's good hair. It's well, that's hair. <laughs> um, well, I always um, joke on stage about how I think I could stay single because I have good hair. Cause the minute I lose hair, I'll just be like, fuck, I'm going to get like, I gotta, I gotta do something. But, Sometimes on stage, I'm a little older than you. Uh, I think yeah, I'm 48 and um, I have a joke where I sometimes I'll talk about being widowed. And sometimes the first time I go, Oh, I'm widowed. I'll get a, oh, and if they, if it's too much, I don't like that. Cause I'm not, I'm going for jokes. I'm not going for pity. Right. I'll be like, relax. I'm tall and I have good hair. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's funny. So I want to, I want to give a history of uh, us. So you and I, I th- and correct me if I'm wrong, I think we met in Florida during the pandemic when the world was ending and in Florida, it was like an island where it was an imaginary world at the time where we didn't, they didn't, there was, it was a totally different world than what we were facing in New York, Chicago and L.A., uh, I think I think we met at Snappers or was it Coconuts or something during that time? I don't remember. Yeah, it's uh, Florida turned into Thunderdome. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a bit where I go, I shouldn't do bits, but I have a bit where I go, I was in New York and I spent three months in Florida during the pandemic because New York, we're hit really hard with COVID and Florida just canceled COVID. And that, that gets usually an applause break if I'm in the South. But uh, yeah, they just canceled COVID and everything just went on as normal. I want to say... It was at this little theater called Spitz. Or Spitfire. Something. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, yeah, we did. It was Spitfire. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's and that was with uh, St- uh, Steve Simone. Steve Simone, one of my buddies. Oh, yeah, yeah great. Yeah, that's uh, that's where it was. I, I just I mixed it all up because I know we did. Oh, you know, during that time, we were all doing each other's shows. I felt like it was just like a world of like 
oh cool i don't have a show i now i have a show we just got up yep. just like other people were weren't able to get up and we were fortunate enough to basically get up the same amount that we were doing before one of my buddies called it too he's like i feel like this is going to thin out quote unquote comedians a lot and he was right it really did like people that didn't want to do it they had a great excuse like oh, i'm done so yeah. and they got out yeah that's true it did it did thin out the herd a little bit but that was a fun little like i always talk about that period of covid it was like jf harris you steve simone uh steve Byrne was down there for a while i think uh some people just stayed there i mean steve's still there so steve simone so yeah it was a fun time but uh i didn't know at the time that you were single um you're you're a widow or widower that's what you say i don't know i'm not uh, i'm not a very good grammar i'm tall enough <laughs> to there uh but yes that's true <laughs> how how uh how when did when did you become that was about five years ago um i was a very uh religious kid my parents are are uh are preachers so i grew up very religious and i went to a Christian school, college, university, and I met a girl and I married her. Yeah, and it was like, where was this? Where'd you this grow up? Bethany in Santa Cruz. Well, I grew up in, in Ecuador mostly, Ecuador, uh, Ecuador, Salvador, and Costa Rica, but majority was in Ecuador. And then I moved to the states to come to go to college, and I was, you know, I was eighteen or whatever. And uh, and uh, yeah, I met my wife when she was nine. When I was nineteen, she was a couple years older than me. She was. Yeah, 18 months old, so she was 21, I think. And then we dated for a few years and yeah, I got married. I was very young, but I felt like I was in love. I, was, I finished college and I, I don't know, I loved her. I don't regret it. It was like, I don't know. Well, let's, let me talk about that. So you grew, your parents were both preachers in Ecuador and Costa Rica? Yeah. Americans? Americans, yeah. My name is just, Kirk Smith. I'm as white as it gets. And I'm like just, 16 uh, blue eyes, yeah. So they were trying to infiltrate the community community evangelize evangelize yes oh evangelist okay so they were evangelists so growing up religious i'm assuming did you have the talk about the birds and the bees with with your parents uh sort of you know I, it was such a different time where it was like there was no internet right um, i mean we're about the same age so I yeah there, there was no you know there was not really tv for us we had three channels all in spanish and tv was from the devil so there's no TV. <laughs> um, so you're really limited to, to what, you know, you watch a few movies, like the movies that make it down, they're like, like Rocky came down, like if a sports movie or like Star Wars made it down, but not like, so it was just a different time as far as like learning about sex and girls. And it was just a very, very different time. Were you growing, you know? were you living in like a house or were these like little, were you going into the vi small villages? Like I picture like villages, poor villages, and then you guys coming in and being like, God's going to. No, it was no. like the, the largest city in Ecuador is called Guayaquil. It's, okay. it's a concrete jungle, 3 million people. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, it's a big city. I used to ride the bus. I used to get robbed on the bus a lot. I, I'm, I've been about I've been about over six foot since I was like 12 or 13 so I'm big like now I'm so so but back then that was tall like now everybody's eating so much meat I feel like everywhere six two is like whatever but back then I was like a foot taller than people and I they think you have money so I got robbed I don't know I, I mean I, well you're not really a gunpoint they have this thing where they can make this is my it's a gun control issue maybe we don't need to talk about gun control but if you don't have guns you, you can make a homemade gun with a it's called a cartuchazo with like a single shotgun shell and a pipe and you basically like push it together and it'll 
you'll get a shot off and it, unless you made it wrong and then it blows up and kills both of you but uh <laughs> did but you they, make yeah. your own gun or this is what was no this is the people that robbed me all the time yeah okay. i could yeah so that they'd have like the single shot you'd like hit the thing and yeah but, but uh and you get robbed so many times that towards the end you start to negotiate I, I, at the time I was wearing like size 12 shoes. And so after the second time I got robbed, they were really hard, it was really hard to find shoes down there. And we weren't rich. So it was like, it was a big deal. You have to have them sent down and sure. man, they're terrible shoes. It wasn't like, you know, it was Adidas, but with two Ds or something, Adidas or whatever. <laughs> and it was like, uh, so by the second time, I'm like, listen, I'll give you my jeans were a big deal. And by jeans, I mean, Walmart jeans. This wasn't even Levi's. Right. <laughs> this is like just- Sure. <laughs> So they would rob you and they'd steal all your clothes, including your pants and your shirt, and send you home in your underwear. And uh, by the same time, I'm like, what are you gonna do with these shoes? These don't fit anybody. These, these, yeah. these are 46s, 47s, whatever. Right. And they'd look at you and they're like, oh, you can keep that crap. Everything else, I want it all. So I'd send you home in your underwear and your shoes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's crazy. So you no, grew that's up there and then, so you, you didn't even live in America at any point until you got to college? We lived when I was a child, but I don't remember that. But that was okay. before I was, yeah. And then so most of your life there. Connected, yeah. um, so you go to college. Where did you go to college at? Bethany University, Santa Cruz, yeah, Santa, Santa Cruz, California. Okay. So Santa Cruz, California, you're surrounded by sin though, right? I mean, basically. Uh, yeah, but I mean, this was a little Christian school that was like, so that's the thing, right, about religion. So like Christian I mean, I don't know, but we can talk about it, but like Christian people, the people are like, where is the single talk? But Christianity is really affected by where it is, right? So Christianity in California is pretty liberal. Like, so people like the same denomination, but in Alabama would think we were going to hell because we could wear, the women could wear pants and the women could wear makeup. And they gotcha. could so like, if you're in San Francisco, but you're really conservative, it just, that, you know, it's like it's like California has like California sober where you can smoke pop. You know, right. It's like, like California a, Christian. Yes. Or so. if you're a New York Republican, that means you're like anti-taxes, but you're still pretty liberal if you're living. In right. Exactly. It's just a yeah. different. It's a different. It's a different. So, but when you went to that school though, before you were there, did you have any girlfriends or anything? I had one girlfriend, one serious girlfriend in high school. I, so I was living in, with my parents in Guayaquil, and I really liked sports and. I was tall again for Ecuador and um, I really liked basketball. And so I played, I could, I wasn't very good, but I, I go hard. Okay. I go very hard. And uh, there was a, a boarding school in Quito, which is the capital. And they had one of the best teams in the country. And I was like, Oh, I really want to, and I talked to my parents and let me go to boarding school. And so uh, yeah, I went to, to boarding school for a few years and that was really fun. That was like college without a job. It was great. It was great. You met, so the girlfriend was. I met that girl. I met that okay. girl there. And did you, did you, uh, was she American or was she from? She was American. She, same thing, you know, she's American, but lived there her whole life. Spanish is her first language. She was from a Jewish community bringing Jewish Judaism down to. She was a different kind of Christian. Like she okay. thought, yes. I just, I just picture all these were, religious wars in like Ecuador and <laughs> they're just like, no, we're going to convert them first. I don't know. You know, you know, there's a famous movie called Tip of the Spoon. Here, where it's like there is, these American missionaries were killed in the jungles in the Amazon jungles in the 40s. It's a okay. true story. They flew into like this village and they kept talking to these people. Eventually, these people killed them. That was her uncle. Oh, wow. <laughs> Serious. 
I'm okay. serious. That was like a real story. Yeah, but they made movies about it. Uh, okay, so she she was an American. You're this baller, and you start dating her. And uh, how long did you date her for? Couple, uh, about a year. Okay. This is a terrible story. She dumps me. <laughs> And she has a little sister who's like 15 months younger, who also liked me. I started dating her oh, sister. No. At the time, it didn't seem like when it's tiny yeah. little school. There's only like 200 people here, so it's like. But what are you gonna do? That yeah, was they're... weird. That okay, was really she weird. was probably not happy that. about it. Well, she dumped me though. It wasn't like right. I was. Uh, yeah. Still. And we were we were just innocent kids. I, we weren't even having sex or anything, so it wasn't like I don't know. It wasn't like I was taking. I don't feel like I was taking advantage. What were you? So you were evangelical you said you didn't have sex what would you guys do and make I, out that's it did it get that's like it. hot and heavy and you're like okay god's yeah, watching yeah. me uh one time i was thinking about this the other day i was in college just before i met my wife i was dating this girl and she was a really beautiful girl french uh i don't say her name but she was like french american just very okay. voluptuous and uh you know so like sometimes it's you know touch her boobs or whatever and then i get too much and I'm like, oh, that's it. And I start doing push-ups. She must have thought I was absolutely <laughs> insane. So that was your that was your move to avoid sin or sexual temptation. Yeah. Physical really? You activity. would do push-ups? Yeah, I could do a couple hundred push-ups. I was a very <laughs> horny guy. <laughs> what how did you okay? So it's hard to maintain an erection when you're doing push-ups, I'll tell you that. Okay. Are you do, are you doing uh when you're in Santa Cruz, you you meet your future wife pretty soon. But did you have any other experiences with women other than you know this French woman or anything like no. that? Okay, she's a girl. I mean, we were both nineteen at the time, eighteen. Both okay, so you did you lose your virginity then? My wife. Uh, yeah, yeah. I we, we waited. Okay. Yeah, we. You guys uh, waited until you got religious. married, or did you guys? Nope. So you, how long did you date before you got married? Two and a half years. So you dated for two and a half years without sex. Yeah. And how do you right nowadays nobody does that? Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> were you guys like, what if there wasn't a compatibility issue? What were you gonna do then? Uh well, we there's a lot, there was like I guess you have nothing to compare it to, right? So you're like honestly, yeah. I and I and she was like she was also a missionary kid. She was half uh her mom was Swedish and her dad was Singala, which is like in, Indian or Sri Lankan, but people don't know what that is, it's like close to Indian. And so she'd also grown up the same way. And it was like, she was, she could speak like five languages. She was smart. She was funny. Um, I don't know. We had fun. We just, she was quick, quick witted. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty quick usually. And she's quick. It's a lot of banter. And I mean, you're both 19, 20, your body's like in great shape. Like, it's like yeah. you know, you go to the hot matter. tub. Right, right. Yeah. And I used to like her first date, I tried to drag her to a hot tub because I was, I, was I was a little perverted kid. You want to go see what you're working with? You're like, Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not going to the swimming pool with you. And by the way, this is the 90s, so it's one piece. It's not like now where every time I phone, you see someone's whole butt. Yeah. So you're going to wear a one piece that completely covers their bottom and their bosoms. But you're like, I want to see what's happening. Here, it's an imagination thing, right? Yeah. We didn't have internet porn either. We had to like, we had to make. I, internet I porn, to internet make, wasn't even developed yet. When I was yeah, I mean, we, you had to be creative. Like we couldn't get our hands on Playboys. Like we were. I would I would masturbate to tennis magazines just National like National Geographic was a thing. Yeah, right, right. Sears catalog, or like some girl <laughs> in her underwear, and it wasn't even like crazy underwear, just regular underwear. Yeah. So okay, so you 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 guys get married. 
when do you become a comedian and and how does that all play out um the relationship i was always pretty fun like just with my buddies just you know a lot of joking around we made these like when we had these marketing assignments in college with a buddy of mine we made these terrible black and white posters uh postcards called two idiots in black and white and it was just okay. like funny scenes of us but that like paid for like one of my semesters we did so we did like that's not a comedian but we did these like ideas you know okay. we, we borrowed a a VCR and film these stupid skits like sure. kids in the hall kind of stuff. Um, and how does your how does that how does your wife then uh, appreciate comedy? Does she support? Okay, you? so my wife about so I have a severely disabled son who's now twenty two. Okay. So I, I mean, my first kid was 24, 24, 25. Jeez, Louise, I should know this. Twenty four, I think. Okay. And then my next kid was twenty five when I was twenty five. And he was severely disabled and we don't really have any disability in my family. So I had never even, he's, he has autism, but he also is what we call now cognitively delayed, which we would have called retarded when I was a kid. You obviously don't say that now. He's also has epilepsy. He's got a lot going on. So i had never heard of, this sounds really dumb, but you know, there's no internet, there's no TV. I'd never heard of autism. I'd never heard of. Right. It was different back then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember ever even meeting a kid who was cognitively delayed, which we would have called retarded. I've met a couple of kids who are down syndrome. I met, you know, and not that we made fun of her there. I just never had even, it just didn't even like, it sounds crazy to say it now, but it didn't, for, well, first of all, 30, 40 years ago, they used to put people in homes like immediately. So that's, they're out of public eye. Like you don't see with the store, you don't see. And so I had a really hard time with it. I just really, you know, I, I played college basketball and I was an athlete, you know, and I, for, for, scholarships so like my thing is like, i'm gonna have a son i'll teach him how to play ball i'm gonna teach him this and and then you know he's severely disabled uh, intellectually so like oh that's not gonna happen and then and then she's spending almost all of her time you know having a disabled kid is like that's a lot of work it's like having like three or four kids it's, he was in diapers till he's like 10 it's just a, not diapers but like there's accidents and right and so there's just a lot happening and so and then she was uh uh so she was she was she was depressed but i honestly i don't know i've talked to my buddies about this if she would have been depressed even if my kid's not disabled or if that's like the cause or the effect the right. yes right but because most women that if they're bipolar and borderline they hit that hits them like late 20s early 30s and so like when i knew her in early 20s she wasn't like that she was fun and then as she got older she was like just you know she uh which diagnosis first? I think it was bipolar. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, you know, the ups and the downs and the sadness and the, and that's a tough one, you know, but, but again, we were married and this is like the love of my life. And so, yeah, we lasted another probably 10 years. And, um, but he, he's, he's a tough love. My buddy, my son is a tough, uh, it's hard work. Oh, right. So I'm sorry. So I got to the point. So I was always trying to mess with their joke. There's always jokes and this is funny and this is funny. Just trying to lighten the mood because you get home, he's, for example, pushed all the dishes from the kitchen on the floor, broken every dish we had. Yeah. And so then you, you know, everything's, opa, you make some joke about it because it's like- What else can you do? What else can you do? I mean, it's, a, it's most comedians, that's how they process uh, tragedy or pain is through comedy. So you make your little jokes and, and it would it'd work a little bit, you know, it wears off, but I always tell people everything wears off. So does, you know, so does Xanax, everything wears off. So does heroin. Like, it doesn't matter what you're trying, everything wears off. Oh, comedy work. Yeah, so does heroin, buddy. So we try these little jokes. And I saw a couple, I saw Ricky Gervais' The Office, which he's like that dark, cringy kind of the first season. 
And then I saw Christopher Titus years ago do like this first, like about his dad, his mom shooting his dad, his stepdad. I was really dark. And I was just like, oh, it really crystallized something in my mind. Okay, you can really, this is powerful. You can really yes. touch people. And like, not nothing wrong with fart jokes, nothing wrong with sex jokes, but, but you can really get honest and vulnerable and really touch right. people. And that really like, that's what I, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I like to do. So my humor bends that direction. I don't, I don't know if I'm as good as him yet, but that's what I like. You know, sometimes you do your fart jokes or whatever to get into it. Sometimes you're in a cruise ship and you do your oh, toilet suction strong to get into your, your other stuff that you like. Right. But uh, you have a, you have a destination and that's, and that's cool. And I like that about you and your comedy. Was statistically that though, like I was on a cruise ship last week, every show, somebody come up and go, Oh, my son's down somewhere. Right. Oh, my kids. And so it's like, you feel like I tell them you're part of a club that you were a terrible club that you didn't want to belong to. Now you're part of it. I'm in a disabled kid. So it's like, but you feel like you're not alone. And it's like, if I can do this, I'm not special. You can do this. I love that. And, and that's, and I do uh, different causes. I, I raised money for autism for a while uh, from my shirts. And I got to meet a lot of people who are experiencing it. And I don't have a direct connection. Uh, my friends have children who have autism and disabilities so i kind of like one in 54 boys that's insane yeah it's it's like it's getting bigger it's crazy but now i do that with parkinson's because you know my father has parkinson's so i I raise money and then it's where i talk about on stage and then you after the show you get to connect with all the people and it's just like oh this is much better than just dick jokes or jokes yeah i agree that's way it sounds corny when you talk about off stage but it's very powerful no i I agree i think it's down up and down it's like and it's cool that you get that connection to people. Now, how long have you been doing comedy then? Not that long. Like maybe like, I mean, it depends how you count it. I feel like every now I say Stand every year, year less, so that it sounds yeah. like I'm better. <laughs> how long, what year did you start? Yeah. Maybe 15, 17 years. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and when you were doing comedy, how was your wife supporting you in that? Very supportive. Very Fair? supportive. In fact, she'd always have these ideas like, oh, for like marketing, we should do this. Or something. I'm like, I would be like, honestly, honey, I'm not funny. I'm not at the first you're just not that funny no you know you've, you've got five six seven years in you got six good jokes and you got all this other stuff you do but <laughs> you, honestly you don't have i may have been too harsh on myself but you've got some stuff that's really like well, you know really what's got, funny you say that but like i've been going back to some of the stuff i wrote years ago and obviously it's you're a better comic now but the stuff that i just dismissed is just horrible are like the things that people like the most and you're like but what about the stuff that I'm writing now that like, I like you guys are just like, okay, they're like, no, no, bring back that. It's just so crazy. You don't know. Well, it is crazy. Like you don't know, it. but I do feel like there was, I'll say I wasn't funny in that I was taking risks and I was talking about real stuff, but it wasn't working. So like the laughs are not there. Right. You know? So it's like, the yeah, it works a back. little bit. The thing is, is you can go back to those jokes. You're a better writer. Right. Now. now you can you rewrite and the fix right them. instincts and you can fix those. That's yes. what I've been doing. That, I agree with that. There's stuff that I've rewritten a dozen times that I'm like, okay, now it works. But before I would have, I would go one of the two extremes. I would err too far on the joke joke or to be too vulnerable. And there's no funny part. There's just sad, right. honest. <laughs> like, yeah, that's great. Where's the, where's where's the yeah, the, there's gotta be. We're hyenas on a Saturday night drunk. We don't necessarily right. want to talk about your disabled kid. Do the funny parts. So. Right. Well, now yeah. that, so now you've, you've been a, you're a widower now for five years, you said? Yeah, six, I guess. Six, six years. Have you, have you been able to go out again? Six, and, and is that right? 
Yeah, I, I don't. I was talking to a buddy today, actually. I had a, a and he's like, "How do you?" We we're just uh, new friends, so we hadn't really talked about this. But he's like, "How do you get over that?" And I was like, "I don't know if you ever get over something like that. I think you get through it. I don't know if you ever get over some things in life. Like, I, I'm not being trite. I really don't know. Like, I right. I think there's a permanent. You know, it sounds corny, but like scar or something. But it's. I don't know if you ever like completely. Oh yeah, I forgot that happened. I think somewhere in the back of your mind, you're like, yeah, that definitely happened. <laughs> was it something, what, did she, did she pass away suddenly or was it? Uh... Uh, she took her own life. She okay. was dealing with depression for a long time. Yeah. And... So you didn't see it coming? Well, it was her seventh, it was her sixth attempt. Uh, so yes and no. It's like, it. you know, we tried a lot of different things. We tried different, um, I do feel like, and I'm not a doctor and if you feel sad, I mean, pre preface all my comments with seek help call the suicide hotline call yeah. the, um but i do feel like there, there's still a lot of guesswork <laughs> i really do feel like that with doctors like try this and if this doesn't work come back and we'll try this they're throwing things at the table they're throwing yes things. it's kind of like comedy you know we're, we don't know what's going to work um, and it's, it's kind of uh disconcerting. Like, You're like you guys are the experts you, yeah aren't you a doctor what do you mean try this and not call me later what in the world yeah, you never know. And then there's medications that could, you know, they combat each other. It's such a crazy thing. Now, have you, um, and you say it's hard to get over that, but have you been, after a period of mourning, are you now, are you giving yourself to other people and trying um, to meet I, people? Yeah, I try to date. I try to meet new people. Okay. I try to, I do feel like there's a funny thing where I don't know if, if this is a normal, you, you're an expert because you've got a lot of guys on people. On I'm a dating expert. Yeah. Well, kind of, I mean, you talk to everybody. I, I, I call myself one, although I'm career single, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but I do feel like there's things that you do when you first start dating that as you date longer, you become maybe jaded. It's not the word, but you're like, I'm not doing that again. Well, that's, it's, it, it's a process of elimination, right? Like for yeah. me, I love going on those dating apps where people are like, this is what I want and this is how it's going to happen. It's like, no, that's not, that's not going to work. Like right. you should, I always start with what I don't want. And then you move from there. You know what you don't want in a relationship. Yeah, well, you know, your deal breakers. Like I'm not doing yeah. this. Yeah. What's for that? me, it's like, uh, I'm a level seven Wiccan. And like, that's not going to work for me. Like <laughs> off the top. But like, there's some things that people say that you're like, that's not. How, and it's got to be hard too, because people say so, so many weird things because so people, people don't know how to react around widowers or uh, parents who have uh, special needs kids. Like, I'm sure- well, I've had some people say some crazy stuff. I went, I went on a date one time with a girl, really pretty girl. I, met, I just met her in passing in the street and I kind of cold approach, asked her out. Okay, great. And then we went out. I'm not a big drinker, but I don't care if you want to go drink. And so we went to a bar and uh, it, the conversation turned into, she was like, she was a social worker too, which you think she would know better. Cause like social workers usually, you're just, you don't care all about money. You're like, this is your, you know, you're doing this to help humanity. Right. Which is, oh, it's a shame there's not a test for, uh, to see if someone's autistic when they're pregnant. And so I was like, what do you mean? I didn't even get what she's getting at. She's like, well, you know, so that you'd have the option. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I'm like, the option for what? Cause I'm like, you're really religious. Like, oh, the option to terminate. And so oh, I, I try to explain. You don't understand how I have an adult son who's disabled. I might not want to hear you talk about yeah. terminating his life. Like I, I'm not against. I understand you have your opinion, but 
you don't think that might not resonate with me? I've explained to you how much I love him. <laughs> yeah, so that's that, we're like, how do you think that would gel? So stuff like that, I'm like, geez, lose. Are you, are you, yeah, I, I mean, that's clearly a deal breaker. And there's gotta be certain things as far as, what about about religion now too? Now you're older, you clearly still have fundamental Christian views, right? Like you, do you still go to church? I guess. Um, or no, I'm you the kind of Christian where I tell my friends, all my friends in New York think I'm super Christian because I believe in God and all my family think I'm going to hell. So I don't know, but I definitely couldn't be with somebody who was like, oh, there's- Atheist, yeah. There, yeah, there's absolutely nothing agnostic, uh, maybe, but atheist is impossible. Like we're, it's that Lucy K bit where like, you don't believe there's anything. Well, if you looked everywhere, like, how do you know? You don't even right, you know, exactly. balance your checkbook. How do you know? I've seen where you live. Your life's a disaster. You don't know anything. What about so, other? What about other religions, though? I mean, are you open? Other religions is at least they more believe common in a God. ground where you're like, yeah, we we disagree on what's happening, but something's right. happening. There's like Either. an overlap. Yeah, there's like a Venn diagram where right. all religions. It's the, it's the old metaphor: two old men, two old blind men describing an elephant, and they describe it differently. Yeah. yeah, you're focusing on the trunk and I'm focusing on the legs, but we're talking about the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, I'd have unequivocal support for what I believe. And it could be somebody who's like, can't believe you still believe in that. I'm not going to argue about this every week. I can't right. have you crap on it every week when I go to church. You have to, like, be cool at the very least and be supportive of that. I get something out of it. And I always tell people, for somebody like me who's been through a lot, you want me to believe in God. You want me to believe in there's something higher? Absolutely. Check out and just start. <laughs> right. There's two kinds of people: the kind of people that kill themselves, the kind of people that kill other people. Right. And I'm not the problem. That was the joke I used to do. But it gets too dark. But <laughs> I like that. Why is that's it true though. You want people like me who are like kind of simple to just believe it, be kind right. to each other. You don't want ever just anarchy because it'll be. <laughs> you have to be. You have to have faith in something, you know, because that's I, I. I believe in that, and I'm. And I'm if, the guy, if a man has a moral compass, you can trust him. If he doesn't, it's like yeah, yeah. What, what anything do you, goes. Anything goes. You don't want you, a bunch of yeah people like me with no moral compass. Yeah. You still go to church every week? No, not every week, but I go sometimes. I'm on the road okay. a lot, honestly. Okay. But in, but intellectually, I would like to, and I still go. You know, Christmas, Easter. I try. I try to. I don't know what I believe, but Christian church i don't know i feel like there's more that divides us than unites us yeah that's i get to i feel like i'm very comfortable in saying i don't know i don't know the answer do you uh do you feel that um and i went to bible school and i still don't know (laughs) (laughs) do you do you want to get married again is that something that you think you want to do sometimes okay (laughs) sometimes I, this is I hate to talk in jokes, but I have a joke where I go, sometimes I'll get sad and I'm alone, and then I'll see a couple argue and oh just it's so much better. Yeah. Warms my heart. Yeah. Sure, I may cry alone just, in my apartment. You see them the fighting. You see them fighting on a on a plane or something in a line. Yeah. You're like, just break up. This is yeah, your I don't, I don't, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Not, I don't want to do that. I'm not gonna break. life's too short. I don't want to have an yeah. argument the rest of my life over nothing. And you, and also you kind of were a late bloomer too, in, in multiple ways, because, you know, number one, you lost your virginity later in life. You were with one person alone for a long time. I feel like you have a lot of time. You have to make up for a lot of lost time. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I do feel like this I think is Jesus a weird look at it. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he, he's he wants me to see as many naked women as possible. No, but I do think uh, there's a funny thing where you 
I thought, oh, I'm really good at, I had a really hard awakening. I'm like, oh, I'm really good at relationships or marriage. And then I started dating. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm pretty good at that one girl. I, was very, I figured her out kind of. Oh, right. Because I was with her for like 20 years. Like I kind of had to figure it out. But then I start doing like, no, that doesn't carry over to other people at all. It's like, everybody's so well, different. I feel like you have probably more patience or a tolerance level for things that are not going like right, for lack of a better word, that most guys would be at our age. Yeah, but I think it goes both ways too, right? Because there's things where I see now at my age where I'm not, I'm not very mad at you. Right. But okay. Like, like you know, like the the bipolar and stuff. That stuff's hard, dude. Absolutely, very hard. But also, like, if if someone does, you know, if someone does something stupid a couple times, you're gonna you're gonna be over. It. Or like, if someone's late on a date or a little too drunk. Oh, no, that's just yeah, that's just dad stuff. Yeah, yeah like you're gonna dad. you're gonna put up with a shit ton more than yeah. the average Joe. Yeah, that's probably just being a dad, I think. You're like, oh, you pooped yourself? My son poops himself. So you're going to have the number two or the number three. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Like, or someone vomits uh, on themselves. You're like, that's I'm, fine. I've I'm wiping another worse. diaper. I've, just, I've, wiped I've seen way worse today. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you meeting people on the apps or like organically? Or uh, I tried apps. Apps is not for me. Okay. Um, it's whose joke is this where it's like, it's like shopping at a store. What? I just love jokes. I know I've said a lot of jokes. I just love yeah, jokes. Yeah, fine. And this isn't my joke, but it's like it, Tinder is like looking at CDs at a bargain bin at the at the gas station. Like at first, like, oh, some good stuff in here. And then eventually, like, oh, I see what's happening. Okay, I see what's this here. <laughs> that sounds rude, but it makes me laugh. Um, no, I just meet people in person. The thing about the apps is you, you meet someone in the app, you talk, you talk, and then you meet them, and within five minutes, you're like, this is no way this, no, this is not I, there's nothing here there's no chemistry there's nothing right you know that that you can't figure out except for in person in my experience i don't know then i had like a couple bad ones where they just you know standard stuff where they're trying to milk you for they, you know they're they're not interested in you they're interested in like there's to get like for example are you getting married they're actually marrying you or they're interested in going to a restaurant they're not interested in dating with you yeah, they just they want stuff to not complain about. No, yeah, that, that stuff doesn't happen as much anymore. But when I first started, I forgot about that. Like that, I did see that a lot more when I was younger, or when I first started the dating apps, where people would be like, "Are like, oh, they just wanted to try out this new restaurant." And you're like, "Okay." But wait, do you still take girls out to a restaurant first date or no? Uh, I'll do. I'll do like a. So I have a weird schedule, as you probably know. Um, I usually go uh, get late night meals. So like I'll get food after a show on a date. Yeah, I'll do that, but I'm not going to go to like a fancy restaurant right you're away. You go to a diner though. If you're going late at night, you're going. Yeah, late night night. diner or like yeah. a late night bar that has good food. I'll do that. But also, I also don't want to be stuck in a situation. That's where... the problem. Sometimes you show up and you're like, and I'm sure they feel the same way. I can't do two hours. You ordered and you're like immediately like this is not going to work, and now you got to wait for your food to come. You're like, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had that recently where I thought, you know, I thought I, I usually do more due diligence up top, but for some reason this one time I didn't, and I was stuck in a situation talking to talking politics to somebody that clearly oh, didn't understand the evils of of certain former presidents. So. I was trying to explain it legally to her as a lawyer, you know, because I used to be a lawyer. And then 
She's like, well, I don't know. I don't think that's real. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't think there, the law is real. Not good. Yeah, like it was just kind of like, I'm like, how did I miss this? Usually I'm really good at like seeing that up top. So I don't know. Wait, hold on one second. I think we're going to get disconnected. I'll, I'm going to, we'll reconnect you in a second. I think let's go by too. I hope you hear that. Yeah, so I mean, I think that you like I do a lot of vetting up top, so I don't have to deal with a situation like uh, where there's surprises. And I feel like that online dating, the only advantage to that is you should know everything you're going to see about the person and you should catch all the red flags. But it takes experience like you have to be on at least it took me like 10 dates to be like, okay. This is what's probably going to happen, and you you know sometimes you're wrong, sometimes you're. What right. do you mean? What do you mean? So like what? So, so for example, like on Hinge, you can see all their history, right? There's 80 questions. The more you put out there about yourself, the more you get back. I, I, I hate saying it sounds cheesy, but like if you answer all the questions, you're going to find someone that like that. Some people don't answer certain questions, like it asks you um, alcohol, drugs, kids want kids, uh, want to get married, all that stuff, religious background, um, uh, political leanings. If someone doesn't answer one of those questions, it's like, okay, maybe they don't want to bring it up, but I answer all those questions. So like all my, all the basic sh uh, small talk is out there, but sometimes you forget to look for something. And then you're like, oh, I forgot to look at political stance or whatever. And then you're like, or if someone says they drink, they do drugs and stuff like that. I mean, chances are they're going to be fucked up on the first date, which is, I mean, more Just power. Hard, but you, but as a person that, that's sober, most a deal breaker. Yeah, it's good. To yeah, know it's like a, as a person who's sober most of the time, it's it's kind of a deal breaker. And like sometimes I meet. So for me, if I'm my first date is always going to be probably after a show where I'm sober because I don't drink uh, during the shows, especially. And it's usually yeah. late. Maybe for we'll them. have one after, but yeah. Yeah, it's usually late for them. So I'm like, "Have you been drinking?" And they're like, "No." And then you show up and they're fucked up. You're like, "Okay, well, this is." Just in my face. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I don't care if you drink. I honestly don't. But it's like on, we got to be on the same level the first time we meet. And so because of our schedules, you know, as a comedian, that's, a, that's always the downside. But let me ask you this. Do you feel like this is probably in your life? Yep, you're right. Let's end this podcast. But <laughs> you've ever feel like, wow, this is a waste of time. hundred percent. I've been on a date recently where I, most of the time, here, I'll tell you this. Every date that I've gone on where I've vetted them, I, I have a fun date because um i like meeting new people and i'm like all right show up obviously the biggest one is they don't look like their picture they're like okay we're not physically that's, that's that's a thing that's happening 100 percent. that's the yeah. biggest thing which i don't understand the end goal on that it's like you think that you talk to someone for yeah, a you're still going to show up in person eventually yeah it's it's just a horrible i always tell people put average pictures of yourself on yeah, things because then when you see them they're like oh you look better in person you've already got a first impression and that's already nailing it but like people put like these great pictures, like they hire a photographer to take a picture and it's like, 
I always jokingly say, I, I, I did try the apps. I think I've been out for a few years now, but uh, okay. those five pictures of that girl, those are her best five pictures she's <laughs> ever taken Yeah, in her life. Right, right. Those are her best five pictures. I'm not, it's her, but those are her best pictures she's ever taken. I don't <laughs> right. know. It's, you know, she just got back from Bali and she had dysentery for a month. So she lost some weight. This one, her makeup's insane. It was for a wedding. This other one, just, it's, it's, it's the magic hour in New York City and it's the best day of her life. It's like, right. those are the five best pictures. So, And that's the thing. And sometimes you'll see people that's connected to their Instagram. So you'll see like, you go to those more pages. normal. Yeah. Yeah. And also I, I often ask people their last name. I'm like, hey, you've already Googled me. And they're like, no, I didn't. I'm like, I don't care if you do, but all my information is out there. If you watch one of my comedy clips, I'm, I'm an open book, you know, all my, I don't know anything about you yet. So like, I need to be able to do some due diligence. Um, and, and sometimes some people are like, that's you a waste push of time. Back and, on that or no? What's that? You can push back on that? Yeah, I, I do. And I'm like, well, then, you know, good luck. But I'm not, if you're hiding anything, it's, I'm not going to waste. I, I don't have that many, much time to, to go out on dates. So if I'm going to do one, it's, it's got to be a good relay. Even if it, even if it doesn't end up as a connection, I've talked to people. I'm like, we want different things. You're um, probably not going to work, but you seem cool. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get food. And I end up being friends with them and, you know, nothing happens, but I'm glad I met that person. Or in some situations, I've gotten uh, business connections from things like one person is like uh, was doing PR. She did PR for me early on um, when I started comedy. So I was like, oh, this is a plus plus, you know, it's a win win for everybody. But because um, she uh, she wanted to get into comedy PR stuff. So. But. Yeah, I, I didn't do my due diligence a couple of times. I'm like, you know what? The pictures look good. I'll just deal with it. And I was like, the minute I fucking did that, I was like, oh, this was such a thing. <laughs> and then it's like, but then you know what? I, in my head, I'm like, well, at least it's comedy. It's a, it's a joke to something because I haven't had one of those in a while. But I'm like, I don't think I, I don't have the patience of a, of a Kirk Smith to, to put up with stuff. So the minute I saw an opportunity, I'm like, we should just, we should get out of here. It's getting late. So, but yeah, you got to do you, especially you're, you're too nice. Like you got to put your, no, you gotta I'm, not your doing the, I'm not doing that. I, I'm, I'm good. You gotta, you gotta just do your due diligence. Cause your time is valuable, more valuable for you too. Cause you're, well, that's the older I get. I feel like when I was younger, I was like, Oh, you know, and sometimes the women would be like, Oh, I have a limited amount of time. But I feel like, I feel like I have limited time. Not you to, have way uh, limited time, dude. Yeah, you're, Not to have kids, but to work and I have other stuff going on. I've got, I need time for my son and time for, yeah, right. I feel, yeah. So that's the thing. And, and that's the thing people need to know about you. And I think that when you set, you set that groundwork, there's some people that are like, if you don't respond for a day, they're like, oh, I thought you ghosted me. It's like, no, I, I have like 80 fucking things going on. The only time I have time to check this is like when I'm in the bathroom or when I'm right about to go on stage. Like that's my calm area is like, to stay out of my head, I just go on the apps right before. You know, when you're sitting on the side at laughing. Yeah, I'm about to go try not to think about your jokes.